Well, happy new year to you. I want to just begin the new year with a question, a question that maybe you've uh, heard in different settings along the way, but it is simply stated like this, who are you, right? Who are you? Depending on the context, depending on the tone of the question, depending on, uh, on who's asking it, you might answer in a wide variety of ways, right? You might give your, your name, the, the, this is the name my parents gave me, or this is my nickname, or whatever. Or maybe you, you kind of feel in the question you need to justify you being there, and so you, you answer with your, your job title, or your, uh, your credentials, or, or somebody gave you the authority to be there at that time as Somebody's questioning, who are you and what are you doing here? Maybe you talk in terms of where you live, what school you went to, your political affiliations along the way. You begin to kind of identify, reveal yourself based on your associations. Maybe it's your relationships. I'm so-and-so's spouse or so-and-so's parent, so-and-so's child or, or the sibling of these folks or whatever it may be. So you, you identify based on, on your, your relationships. Or maybe you get a little deeper and you identify yourself in terms of, well, the, these are kind of some of my hobbies or my passions, or the, these, are, these are the teams that I root for, or whatever. You, you self-identify in some way, form, or fashion. Maybe if you go even a little deeper, you might start talking about some heart issues, some character issues. Some things that are, that are more than, than surface as you, you self-identify a little bit. We all identify. We all kind of carry around with us some sense of, of this, is, this is who I am. And as we begin a brand new year together, just thought, let's, let's go one step at least deeper than just the resolutions. Let, let's, let's talk about our identity, who we are. Because as we think about this, uh, just uh, who we are, there, there are just a couple of, of vital questions that all of us carry around the answers to. And we'll just throw them up on the screen real quickly. It is vital for us to have a proper understanding of God and a proper understanding of ourselves. Because all of us have an understanding but a proper understanding helps us to live well. Our understanding of God, our understanding of ourselves, impacts almost every area of our lives. It impacts our relationships, our relationship with God, our relationships with other people. It impacts the things that we'll take on, we'll pursue, the, the opportunities we'll see and seize, the, the challenges we'll step up to, those that we'll back away from. It, it'll impact how we, how we persevere in the midst of trials and challenges. It impacts how we uh, see other people, how we evaluate it may impact who you choose as a, as a spouse or how you raise your children, a job that you take, on and on and on and on and on it goes. These two understandings are vital because they influence almost every other area of our life. And so what we want to do is the beginning of a brand new year. We want to focus on that second understanding. We want to focus on an understanding of ourselves. Who am I? What is my identity? And kind of the theme of this series, I'll just put it on the front end here, is something that I've said for years now, and I believe it to the core of my being, and it's simply this. The truest thing about you, 
is what God says about you. The truest thing about you is what God says about you. The truest thing about you is not necessarily what you say about you, not necessarily what your parents said about you, a teacher, a coach, a job mentor, uh, a, somebody, a neighbor, or somebody that was influential in your life. They may have spoken a lot of true things into your life. They may have said a lot of true things about you. But the truest thing about you is what God says about you. Because the the truth is, for many of us, there are people, there are messages that we have gotten from the world about who we are that's not true. Sometimes it's false, and we need a corrective. We need to come back to the standard, the standard of truth, the standard of what has God said about me. Particularly as we unpack this series, when we begin to understand who we are in Jesus Christ, it is vital to have a clear understanding. The truest thing about you, the truest thing about me, is what God says about you. Now, out of that, a couple of quick observations. Our identity in Christ is not something we earn. It's not something that that I'm going to work hard, I'm going to do this, and someday I'll achieve this identity. No, it's something that we have. It is a gift of God's grace. It is something that God has said, this is true about you. It is true about you regardless of your performance today. This is who you are. This is who I have made you to be. This is true about you if you are in Jesus Christ. It is his gift from God. It's true, not because we've earned it or achieved it, but because we have it. We have it as a result of God's activity in our lives. Now, the parallel statement is simply this. We're going to have to grow into it. Our, Our behavior, our performance, our actions, our words oftentimes have to grow into our identity. But note, it is ours. This is who we are. This is who God has declared us to be in Jesus Christ. And so as we go through this series over the next few weeks, I want you just to kind of come back to these anchor anchor statements. The truest thing about me is what God says about me. It's not something that I earn or can achieve. It's something that I have because of what God has done for me in Jesus Christ. There is a growing into it. It's kind of like, you know, you, uh, maybe as you were growing up through the years, I don't know if your parents did this, but sometimes when, you, when your kids are growing real fast, when you go to buy a brand new pair of shoes, you always get them a little bigger, right? Uh, because it's kind of like, man, they're, they're going to grow out of these. And so you, you, you grow, you, you buy the shoes a little bigger and knowing that they're going to grow into it. And in much the same way, is as if God said, this is who you are. Now grow into it. This is true about you. Now grow into it. And and so that's what I want you to kind of keep before you. We're going to start this series at kind of the most basic level. We're going to start in the beginning. That's a good place to begin a new year, right? In the beginning. What's one of the first things that God's Word tells us about who we are? And it's simply this. For the foundational truth about my identity is that I was intentionally created 
by God. I was intentionally created by God. I am a creature created by a creator. I was intentionally created by God. First book of the Bible, first chapter of that book. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. With intentionality, God created you. The second chapter of Genesis picks up that same theme. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. That you and I are this intentional creation of God. I love the words uh, of the psalmist in uh, Psalm 139. Just hear, hear verses 12 and, or 13 and following. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them." That God intentionally created you. He formed you. He formed the days of your life. And that's not just an Old Testament theme. That's throughout the Scripture. In the New Testament, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. God intentionally created you. Now, I want you to hear that because what I know is that some of you, maybe some of you in the room this morning, you weren't necessarily planned by your biological parents, right? Some of us were an oops. Some of us were, oh, we weren't planning on that right now. Or, oh, we thought we were done, but here's another one. And, and, and honestly, your parents, biologically, they weren't planning on you. There are some of you that part of your story is that the biological parents that you had rejected you for whatever reason. But I, I need you to hear this morning as we begin a brand new year that you are not an oops in the eyes of God. You're not a mistake. You're not unplanned. You're not unexpected. He intentionally created you. He formed you. He knew what he was doing when he made you, you. And regardless of what history you bring to this moment, I want you to hear from the very beginning, part of your identity is God created you intentionally. There is intentionality 
in your existence. And as we begin to think about that, there are all sorts of implications, all sorts of implications. And I'm just going to highlight three this morning to kind of prime prime your thinking in this area of your identity. What does it mean for me to be an intentional creation of this all-loving, all-powerful creator God? Well, one of the first things is it tells me I have a purpose. I have a purpose that God who intentionally created me, who formed me, who knitted me together, who knows the days of my life has a purpose for me. Again, see this theme throughout scripture in Isaiah. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. God formed you. God made you. He called you to himself. He created you for his glory. One of of the first and foremost purposes is that God made me to to honor him, to glorify him. But he gives us these these rules of of dominion, this this, uh, rulership, if you will. See, See the Psalms. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands, you have put all things under his feet. You go back to those first few chapters of Genesis, and you find that God made us in his image. He, he created us in his image, but then he gave us this, this incredible uh, rulership, this dominion to exercise over all the rest of God's creation. Yes, God created the sun and the moon and the stars, and the plants, the animals, all those things, but there is a uniqueness about his creation of you and of me that we are in many ways the crown of his creation and we were given management or stewardship over all the rest of his creation that God has a purpose that he desires to fulfill the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me your steadfast love O Lord endures forever do not forsake the work of your hands as the psalmist is crying out to God in prayer he's he's crying out with that confidence the confidence of God's steadfast love that that is going to endure forever that this God who formed him who shaped him created him the work of his hands created you created me for a purpose And God will fulfill his purpose in your life. To know I was intentionally created. I was intentionally created for a purpose. Paul put it this way in writing to the Ephesians. For we are his workmanship. You are God's poem. You are God's masterpiece. You are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God created you for a purpose. He created you to to give him glory. He created you to exercise dominion and, and rulership over all the rest of his creation and submission to him and cooperation with all the rest of humanity. There are very specific good works 
which God has prepared in advance for you to accomplish, for you to achieve, for you to walk in. There are things that God has for you and I to do in our lives that will bring him glory, that will uh, serve to serve other people in good and positive in eternity enhancing ways. There are good works that have been prepared in advance for us to walk in them. If I can summarize this, you and I were created to have a personal relationship with God and to manage all the rest of God's creation. And this really does make us unique in all of God's creation. I mean, marvel at the beauty of God's creation, but let us also marvel at the uniqueness of human beings, at the uniqueness of the person that looked back at you from the mirror this morning, that God intentionally created you, and he has a purpose, a purpose that he will fulfill a purpose that includes a personal relationship with him that no other part of his creation can enjoy. A purpose that includes good works that you will walk in, unique to you. A purpose that includes bringing glory to him. I have a purpose. Your life is not meaningless. It is intentional and it is purposeful. The implication of an intentional creation is it has a purpose. You and I have a purpose. But also, a second implication is I am dependent. I just need to to, to nail it down as part of my understanding of my identity. I am dependent. I am dependent upon God. I am dependent upon my creator. Acts puts it this way. Nor is he served, he being God, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. God gives to us everything, everything that I have, everything that I, that, I can, that I can think and do. All of it is dependent upon him. All of it comes from him. And so foundational to understanding my identity is understanding I was intentionally created with a purpose, but I am absolutely dependent upon God. I am dependent upon him for everything. Now, as we begin to unpack everything, we could make quite a list, couldn't we? Let, let's keep it, keep it kind of simple. Let me just give you a few broad categories to think about. I am dependent on God for my life. I am dependent upon him for my very life. The psalmist says, my times are in your hand. I will not have one more minute more than a sovereign God desires me to have. My times are in his hand. Oh Lord, make me to know the, my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. As part of this, as part of this recognition of my dependence, to recognize that I am dependent upon God for every beat of my heart, for every breath of my lung, for every activity of my brain, that I am absolutely dependent upon Him. I am dependent upon him for life and breath and everything. Every day, every moment is a gift from his hand. And to begin to live my life with that sense of identity, I am dependent. I am dependent on God for my life. I am dependent on God in all of my plans, in all of my plans. Please hear me. Scripture encourages us planning. 
It encourages counting the cost. It encourages thinking and all those things that are part of how God has put us together. But we do so always from a platform of dependence, knowing that we are always dependent upon God. Our best planning, our best thinking needs to have as its backdrop plans made in the presence of and dependent upon God. Do not boast about tomorrow, Proverbs warns us, for you do not know what a day may bring. Can, can, you, can we back up one, one year? Can you remember the first few days of January 2015? Did anything happen in anybody's life in 2015 that they didn't know was going to happen? I got a long list. I don't know about you. I didn't see that one coming. I wasn't expecting that. I didn't count on that. I don't have any room for boasting because I don't know what tomorrow may bring. Yes, make your plans. Yes, do your best thinking, your homework, your due diligence. Cross the T's and dot the I's. But do so with a sense of dependence. God, it is all dependent upon you. James picks up that that same theme in, in the wisdom of his letter. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. James knew you plan, but you do so independence. If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. I've taught uh, some of you before that, that from another generation, uh, many Christians would oftentimes, they, they'd end their correspondence or a letter or saying, you know, I plan to do this, hope to do this, or whatever it may be. But they, they, they would end it with, I believe, the Latin phrase, Dio Valente. Dio Valente, and then they might sign their name. Lord willing, God willing. This is my hope. These are my plans. Dio Valente. And it was an acknowledgement of their dependence upon God. They didn't know what tomorrow would bring. God, you're the creator. I am your creation. Created intentionally, created with purpose. And so all these plans I submit to you. Lord willing, Dio Valente. I am dependent on him for my life. I'm dependent upon him in my planning. I'm dependent upon him for my abilities. Every ability that you and I have, every ability, whether it's a natural ability, an aptitude, a giftedness, the opportunities that you have, uh, spiritual gifts, whatever, however you want to think about it, every ability I have comes from God. Musical ability, mathematical ability, people ability, task ability, math, you know, all, whatever abilities you have. They all come from God. And he, he reminded the Hebrew people of this. Be, be aware. Be aware that everything you have comes from me. You're getting ready to enter into this promised land. And as you do, beware. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. 
You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, and he, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. It does not diminish the fact that you have worked hard. It does not diminish the fact that you are called to apply the abilities that he supplies. It does not take away the fact that that, that planning and work and sweat and perseverance and persistence are all part of the equation. It's all part of the means that God uses to achieve his end. It just recognizes all of that, all of that capacity comes from God. And it's true not just of the Hebrew people, it's true of all of us. Paul, trying to explain to the Corinthians, he was talking about himself and Apollos, and he said, what do you have? What do you have that you did not receive? And if then you have received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? The giftedness, the aptitudes, the abilities, the opportunities, you received them all. Yes, you used the energy that God supplied. You used the brain that God supplied. You you took advantage of those things and the strength that God supplied. Yes, you had a role to play in that. But just to come back and remember that as a creation of a creator, I am dependent upon him for every one of those abilities capacities and opportunities let me give you one more when I think about I am dependent I am dependent on God for my salvation I am dependent upon him for my salvation Paul puts it so succinctly as he's writing that great theological letter to the Romans as it is written none is righteous no not one no one understands and no one seeks for God. Paul's right there. And he said, well, wait a minute. I've, I've sought God. I've, I, 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 I was seeking answers. I, I was wondering about God, all of these things. What Scripture tells us that even your capacity to do that, your desire, anything that would spark in you a desire to seek God comes as a result of God seeking you first. That, that even your desire to, to seek after God comes from God. It is a gift of his grace. For by grace, Paul would write the Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from your own doing. It's not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast think about it even your capacity for faith not only would you not seek god on your own but your capacity for faith your capacity to trust god your your willingness to take that step of faith that all comes as a gift from god's grace i am absolutely dependent upon god for my salvation there was no amount of religion no amount of morality no amount of good deeds that i would ever achieve on my own because one i couldn't achieve any of those on my own to begin with but there's none of those that I could achieve on my own that would achieve for me what Christ did. I am absolutely dependent upon him for life and breath and everything. I am a creation of an intentional creator. And because of that, I have a purpose. 
and you have a purpose. I am dependent, but I want you to see one other implication of the fact that I am a creation of a creator. I am accountable. I am accountable. That I am accountable to the one who has created me. I am accountable to the one who has given me life. I am accountable to the one who has given me stewardship uh, and rulership over all the rest of his creation. You see that again throughout Scripture. The psalmist said, you have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Diligently. This is not, this is not something that you can say, eh, thanks for the opinion, God. Eh, I'll take that under advisement. No, 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 no. I am accountable to my creator to diligently keep all of his precepts. Let me go back again to the very first book of the Bible, those first few chapters. In that beginning, there was built in this accountability there in the Garden of Eden. You can enjoy all of these things. You exercise stewardship and rulership over all of these things. But this one tree, you do not eat of its fruit. If you do... Here are the consequences. Accountability was built in from the beginning of creation. I am accountable to my creator. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I am accountable for that. It's not you earn my love by keeping my commandments. No, it's, it's you respond to my love by keeping my commandments. You are, have this accountability in love. You respond to the love of your Savior. You respond to your Creator by keeping His commandments. I am accountable for what I do with everything that God has entrusted to me. Again, to Paul's letter to the Romans. So then, each of us, each of us will give an account of himself to God. Can we pause here for just a moment? A lot of us are really good about giving an account for other people, all right? Some of us, uh, some of us have that gift, right? I mean, we're just good at it, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, he could have done this day. If he had done this, if he had done that, but I tell you what, if she had only done this, I can't believe she did this instead of that. I mean, we, we are quick to hold other people accountable. We'll give an account to God of other people. He doesn't even have to ask us. We just offer it freely, right? God, let me tell you what they did wrong. God, let me tell you how they could have improved, how they could have got better. But that's really not what Scripture tells us that we'll give an account for. Each of us will give an account of himself. Each of us will give an account of himself, herself. What did you do with what I entrusted to you? What did you do with the life that I gave to you? What did you give with the capacities and capabilities and the opportunities I gave to you? What did you do with the resources I gave to you? He is my creator. And the implication of that is I am accountable to him. From the very first book in the Garden of Eden, go to the last book of the Bible. We're just covering it all this morning, right? The first and the last and a whole lot in between. But there's accountability woven even into the last few chapters of the Bible. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged 
each one of them according to what they had done. Not according to what they had intended to do or what they had hoped to do someday or what they wished they had done, what they had actually done. There is this accountability. I am this intentional creation of God. I am dependent upon him for everything. He created me for a purpose, and I am accountable to him. I am accountable to him for the purpose for which he created me for. Now, as you think about all of that, as you begin to say, this is part of my identity. This is part of who I am in God. This is part of who I am just by drawing breath, by being uniquely created by God. How do I respond to that? How do I respond to the fact that I have a purpose, I am dependent, and I am accountable? Well, let me offer to you three words as kind of a beginning point for a new year, a beginning point of responding to this part of my identity, of growing into my identity as a unique creation of God. The first word is humility. Humility. Did you notice the number of times in those scriptures that we read, do not boast? (laughs) Not as a result of works, so no one should boast. I mean, when when you really understand this, that that you you come with a posture of humility. To say, God, it, it all came from you. It is all because of you. God, it can all change in a moment. And so I am absolutely dependent upon you. And so I respond to you in, in humility. Maybe you start to compare. We all do it. And maybe you say, well, I'll tell you, oh, I'm pretty good. I've got this giftedness. I've got this ability. I've got this opportunity. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. No room for boasting. Because it all comes from your Creator. It all comes from God. I'm accountable for how I have stewarded and used all of that. And so there is a humility that ought to mark my life. It, it, It really isn't all about me. It is about Him and me fulfilling His purposes for my life. There's a humility But then there also should be a response of gratitude, of gratitude, of just saying, God, thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you for breath. Thank you for opportunities. Thank you for abilities. Thank you for giving. Thank you for salvation in Christ Jesus. And and I'm just going to encourage you. Maybe one of the things that you want to add to your resolution list or your habit list or practice list for this brand new year is I want to up my gratitude quotient this year. I want to exercise a a little more gratitude this year. And a lot of followers of Christ, they they either start their day or end their day, or some of them will even bookend their day with gratitude. It is a great practice to get into. Just just to even take just a few minutes, uh, just do it while you're brushing your teeth or whatever, if if you're pressed for time, but just to say, God, thank you today. God, I just want to thank you for, boom, thank you for. I mean, think about, just even think this morning. I don't know about you, but when it's 30 degrees outside, I sure am grateful that I can turn water on and it flows in my house. (laughs) I'm grateful that I had the option of hot or cold water this morning. Food to eat and clothes that I go pick out what I'm going to wear today. Vehicle to get in, a place to come worship. 
I was so grateful just to be able to see some faces I hadn't, you know, been able to see or spend as much time with over the holidays and just to have even a moment or two to reconnect. And God, thank you. Thank you that you allowed me to be part of such an awesome church family. Thank you for just this incredible diversity of men and women that you put together in this place. It's just, it's awesome to be a part of. Thank you, God. And just, just to begin to build that habit in your life. Say, I'm going to take, even if it just starts off at 60 seconds, 60 seconds in the morning. And before I say, oh, it's another day, you know, good Lord, it's morning, you know. I mean, maybe it's just to say, you know, good morning, Lord. Thank you for, thank you for this, thank you for this, thank you for that. Get as specific as you can. Thank you for that. Might even, if you've got kids at home, might even make it part of, uh, you know, how do we do this as a family, you know. I mean, sometimes we, we would even do some things sometimes when the kids were little, even something as silly as, as okay, we're going to have a blessing before the meal, and, and everybody's going to say thank you for one of the things on our plate, you know. Thank you, Lord, for the green beans. <laughs> All right. You know, you just didn't want to get stuck saying thank you, God, for the food that you didn't like, right? So you wanted to jump in quick there. But, I mean, you know, that's, maybe you say that's silly, but it's, it's, it's one of those things. How can we build that habit of gratitude into our lives? Can you begin your day? Could you end your day? Or maybe you just want to bookend your day. 60 seconds just to start to say, God, thank you for. Thank you for. And then throughout the day, Lord, thank you. Thank you for that conversation. Thank you for that encouragement. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for your wisdom in helping us make this decision. Thank you for your provision in this. Thank you that I have a job to go to tomorrow morning. Thank you. On and on and on it goes. This this spirit of gratitude because I know I am absolutely dependent upon him in all things. Humility, gratitude, here's the third word, determination. Determination. That as I think about, I am a unique, intentional creation of this loving, holy, all-wise, all-powerful creator God. I, I am determined. Lord, in a brand new year, I want to be determined to live for your glory. I want to be determined to be diligent in keeping all of your commands, not just the ones that are easy or the ones I like or happen to agree with at the moment. God, help me to, to be determined to, to please you in all that I do. Lord, whether I eat or drink or whatever I do, to, to think about it in terms of how am I bringing him glory? How can I bring him glory in this? Let my determination be, God, I'm going to respond to your love by keeping your commandments. God, today, this day, God, this year, I want to up my determination. I want to up my determination to live to fulfill your purposes for my life. I don't want to miss it. You created me on purpose you have given me opportunities. You have given me capacity and capabilities and abilities. God, I don't want to miss your purpose. I don't want to, want to act like I'm smarter than you and pick and choose from your commands. And so, God, in humility, with great gratitude, I'm going to make this a year of determination where I determine to please you in all that I do. I make it my determination to obey you even in the little things so that I might bring you glory. God, I determine to fulfill your unique purposes for my life. Who am I? You're a creation of an awesome creator, God. You have a purpose. You are dependent 
and you are accountable. And this day, this week, this year, he calls you to respond to him with humility, with gratitude, and with a determination to fulfill your God-given purpose, to live for his glory, to fulfill the good works which he has prepared in advance that you might walk in them. That's part of who you are as God's creation. Let's bow our heads together as we pray today, please. Father, thank you that there's not an accident in this room. Thank you, Father, that you have uniquely, intelligently, intentionally and purposefully created every person in this room. And Lord, you know all that you are purposing to do in and through our lives. And so, Lord, I I just pray right now. I, I pray, Father, just asking, asking that you would just remind us, remind us that we are yours, that we belong to you by creation, that we are dependent upon you, we are accountable to you. Lord, I I pray that you would, Lord, just help every one of us to walk this week with a little more humility. That you'd help us to up the gratitude, practice, and quotient in our lives. Lord, that you would help us to live with a fixed determination to please you, to honor you, to fulfill your purposes for our lives this week, this year. Father, I just pray very specifically right now for some in this room. At the beginning of a brand new year, Lord, they need more than a new calendar. They need a new life, a new life that's only made possible in Jesus Christ. And Father, we just acknowledge that none of us seeks you on our own, but there's some in this room right now that you're seeking. You're seeking to draw them to you. And, Father, I just pray as your spirit is stirring, Lord, that, that you would draw them to, 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 a, to an openness and a brokenness. Father, to, to acknowledge the reality of their sin, to turn from that sin, to turn from self, to, to turn in humility and dependence and gratitude towards you. Lord, I just ask that today would be a day when they, they turn and place their faith and trust in Christ and Christ alone. Not only as their rescuer and redeemer and savior, but Father is the leader, the Lord of their life. Lord, let today be the day of a new life, a new salvation that only comes through Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for those of us who know your name. Lord, I pray that this would be a year that we live, we live uniquely unto you. We live in a distinct way that brings you more glory than we've ever brought you before in our lives. Father, help us to grow into our identity in Jesus Christ. As you just continue now to sit before the Lord, I'm going to ask you just to to look again at that note-taking guide. and On that section that says, Make it personal, there's a series of questions there. and, And I'm just going to ask you to make it personal. Allow God's Spirit to speak. Just scan those questions. Maybe there's one that grabs your attention, one that you sense 
God wants you to dwell on for a moment. I'm going to ask you just to sit there before the Lord. Is he calling you to new life and a new year? Is there some adjustments that need to be made around the value of humility? What might God be prompting in you to up the gratitude quotient this year? As you just continue to respond to him, what is he saying to you about the determination of your life? What is it that you're actually determining to do in this brand new year? I'm just going to invite you. Maybe you just need to circle a word and you're note-taking it. Maybe you just need to write a few words in the margin there to say, God, this is, this is part of my response to you. This is personally what it means for me this week on the front end of a brand new year to respond to you as your unique creation. Part of your response may be today that you need someone to just walk alongside you in in prayer. And just going to invite you to take that connect card. And on that connect card, just to just maybe write, just Pastor Jeff, this is this is how you can pray for me. Or maybe to check a box to say this is this is my next step. This is this is part of my response to you today. God, here here it is. And just write that on the card. We'll be glad to pray with you. Be glad to partner with you in any way that we can as you take a next step in obedience to your Creator. Also, I want to make you aware of our connect room in the back of our worship space. It's to my left. It's over your right shoulder. There's a banner that says connect. and It indicates a room. We have a connect team of folks that are just available to you over the next few minutes. Maybe do you say, I, I, I just need somebody to pray with me about something. And we would be honored to do that. And that's what this team is for. Maybe you just say, I'm ready to take a next step. I, 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 I'm ready to trust Christ as my Savior and Lord. This team can, can help guide you through that. Maybe your next step is about baptism. Maybe your next step is about uh, connecting with this church and membership. Just to say, I'm determined to live for God in the context of this community. This team can help you with all of those things. There's anything more. So I'm just going to encourage you, even as we're here responding to God, I'm just going to encourage you to just just be still. But also for some of you to get up, to get up and, and, and make a move to the connect room. If you need to scoot past somebody, they'll be very, very happy to let you do that. I'm just going to encourage you to make your way there. They're going to be there even after the close of our service to serve you. as we prepare to just move into a brand new year.